High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Welcome back. It's time now for Numbers That Talk. As you know, every week at this time, the senior statistician at the uh, CSO, Central Statistics Office, comes in to me and makes sense in numbers. It was great fun last week as we looked at the basket of goods that they use to... Um, work out how prices have changed over any particular period. Well, Deirdre Cullen, as always, is my guest. Deirdre, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. What basket are we talking about this week? Uh, something a bit more serious. So earnings, average weekly earnings. All right. So basically, uh, what this, how the CSO gets this data is we survey all large enterprises in Ireland every quarter. So every enterprise that employs 50 or more people and then a sample of smaller enterprises. And we ask them how many people they employ and how much they pay them. So the figures I'm going to talk about are average weekly earnings, which will include overtime. So it's basically the money you take home, uh, but before taxes and all the other deductions. And then I have some stuff that will break it down into... uh, private sector versus public sector. That's always an interesting topic. And then look across the different sectors and see who's earning the most. But the public sector, in a way, purely from a statistical point of view, for no other reason, from a statistical point of view, is much easier to do because if you're going to do bus drivers or you're going to do clerical officers or whatever, because of the grade system, you know, uh, you've got the numbers there. There are salary scales. Similarly, like, for instance, you know, I remember as a kid looking at the banks, like the banks had a scale. So if you were there 46 years and never got promoted, you knew you were getting... Private sector is much different because there's a huge amount of negotiation going on. Uh, well, apart from that, I mean, the figures that we're talking about here would be everybody who works for Tesco or everybody who works for the Bank of Ireland. So we're not producing statistics here for the different grades. So And it would be everybody who works for the civil service. So in that way, we're doing our best to compare like with like. So I'll give you the headline figures. Uh, wages are on the way up. That's good. So I've been in before talking about how unemployment was coming down and the numbers at work are going up. And in the the year to Q4 2016, wages, the average weekly wage was €716. Euro. Now, remember that that's right across the economy, George, and that would include people who work part-time and full-time. And there's about 450,000 people work part-time. That's 35,000, give or take. 35,000, and that's an average. And that's up 0.6% on a year ago. Why did I have in my head, if you had said to me now, like, what's the average wage? Why was 27,000 in my head, I wonder? Was it? it obviously must I've have been, been on before now. I would have talked about average industrial wages, which I, you know, if you'd asked me, I would have said was in the low 30s. All right. So, so it I could don't be, know it, where it depends the where you're going to be. All right. From, yeah. But 35,000 is the average right now, across the economy. People listening might say, Troy living on 35,000. But it does seem a substantial amount of money taken as an average, no? You know, I guess it's all relative, as you say, and depending on how many people you're trying to support on, on that average weekly wage. It varies enormously across the sectors. So the within the, if you like, the private sector, the IT sector are the best paid with an average weekly wage of €1,063. Euro. Down very slightly since last year, so maybe there's a bit of pinch coming on with the but IT That's over 50000 a year. <laughs> I'll do the multiplication. You do you the multiplication, with I the do edition. the number. <laughs> yeah, go on. In the retail sector, uh, €564 uh, euro a week. And in construction, 750 
euro a week. Now, hold a while here now. You see, the problem for you coming in here is I can do the sums of my head because I come from a very from the older generation. You said that the average wage across all sectors mm. was 700 and something. I said roughly 35,000 mm. a year. It's really interesting that in the retail sector, you said 500 and something, That's right. which is 26,000 a year, right. give or take. So the retail sector is quite badly paid relative to the average. Average. Well, Would you draw that conclusion? Not necessarily, because okay. what you'd have to do is look at the hours worked behind that. So presumably in the retail sector, there's a lot more part-time work. There's a lot of students and a lot of homemakers right, and retired okay. people, etc. So you'd have to look at the average hourly wage. Now, for sure, the average hourly wage in the IT sector will be ahead of that in the retail sector. But these are the, the weekly wages. So... I suppose whenever you're talking about statistics, you have to always be careful about what you're talking about. No, but uh, hold on, to, sorry. There's a great thing in British law called the man in the Clapham omnibus, right? So the judge says, what would the man in the Clapham omnibus have made of this? In other words, your okay. ordinary man, okay? That's a good one. Yeah. Well, if you went to the man in the... No, because I'm trying to put flesh in your figures because how important they are. If you went to the man in the Clapham omnibus and said to him, who gets paid more, people in IT or retail, he'd get it. Yeah. So, well, it is people in IT. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. People in hotels and restaurants would be the lowest paid at €339 Euro a week. No. But they also work the lowest hours. So they would work an average of 27 hours a week, whereas the IT person works an average of 36 hours a week and in retail 31 hours a week. So it, it depends on how many hours you're working. Let's have a look at the, um, the public versus private sector. So I gave you the headline figure of €716 Euro yeah. a week. Uh, the private sector, 658 and the public sector, 921. What? Listen, you mean to tell me you're getting 921 and I'm only getting... Uh, what, what you're only giving, I'm only getting 700. You see, George, I knew you were going to do this. There's a lot of reasons why public sector wages, on average would be higher than private sector wages. And it, it has to do with uh, the composition of the public sector and who works for the public sector and how a lot of people who work for the public sector are graduates. So you've got your doctors, your nurses, your teachers, sure. your statisticians, accountants, lawyers, agricultural inspectors, etc., etc. Permission et to speak, ma'am? But also... It, when you talked about, interestingly, 300 and something for hotels, one of the reasons is, of course, a lot of part-time and casual workers there. By and large, in the public service, people are five-day-a-week workers. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that so? That's right. And, and there'd be very little. Uh, well, there is job sharing, but it would be yeah. very small in the scheme of things. Within the public service, I can tell you that the guards... Um, have an average weekly wage of €1,219 Euro in uh, Q4 2006, uh, by far the highest. The civil service was 908 um, education 927 in the local authorities 850 um, and in the semi-states 1,032, the commercial semi-states 1,051, but the guards are the highest. They but that's also... really interesting. Now, where were you, I ask, when the guards were going on strike and they were telling everybody they had so little money that they were sleeping in the boot of the car? Well, look at all of our statistics are on the CSO website <laughs> and I'm sure that when they sat down 
to discuss, you know, the hard nuts and bolts of this, that these figures were on the table in front of people. And they are all there on our website well, for people and journalists and the media to access. Yeah, but they, a lot of people mightn't have been aware of that kind of headline figure there. Yeah, yeah every week, Deirdre Cullen, chief uh, senior statistician, indeed, uh, the CSO comes in to me to explain numbers. These numbers now, Pascal Donoghue, for instance, who, who is the expenditure minister, these must be meat and drink to him. I mean, every meeting he's having, these kind of numbers are the key numbers for him, aren't they? I would think so. And, and yeah, hugely important to government and, and to all of that decision making. And, you know, there's an awful lot of work, you know. So last week I was talking about inflation and it's just one figure. Prices, you know, for the whole basket went up by 0.3%. But behind that, there's tens and tens and tens of thousands of prices measured by hundreds of prices. And so the same with this stuff. We're writing out to thousands of corporations and pulling in the data and putting up the averages. Now, periodically, you know, you say to me, here's a comparison with Europe and here's a comparison with Germany or whatever. We're not doing wages comparisons, so presumably the government must be doing that somewhere. Looking at how our wages compare with... Yeah, yeah but... like. Economies work differently, and so our wages may be higher than Britain, but our cost of living would be higher as well. So I think, remember, I was talking about purchasing power parities a while ago, and that's when you take out um, exchange rates and, you know, how much a Big Mac is across Europe. And, and that stuff is used, if you like, to, to iron out the effects of, of those kind of costs of living things, you know. Now, I mentioned Pascal Dunner really deliberately because he was rattling on there in the last couple of weeks about the issue of wages and he was talking about tax that they they were going to have changed tax system because of post-Brexit competitiveness and all this sort of stuff. All this number you'll give me, of course, is gross. Yes, because you can't right. possibly do net because everybody's tax situation is different. That's right. So these figures are all gross. And for the public service, they're before the, pub, the pension levy is deducted. So they are gross. I think it's interesting to probably even, you know, we're talking now, you know, I think some public servants are getting a bit of pay restoration this year. And to see how wages have fared since the economic downturn and in the IT sector, wages have gone up by almost 10 percent over eight years. And in the retail sector, 8 percent. In construction, wages are still down on eight years ago. They're down 5.4%. And in public administration and defence, which would be the civil service and the teachers and the guards, wages are down 5.7% on eight years ago. So our wages are still... So although the guards had very high pay, according to your figures, they're still down maybe 5%. But that would be across the entire public service, yeah. yeah. And in education, um, wages are down 9.6% on eight years ago. So, you know... In a way... The, the last week's thing about the, the inflation and consumer price and this week with wages, it's almost as if at some time in the, in the future you and I might sort of be sitting down and merging those two kind of broadcasts because, you know, you're down 5%, but, like, how much has... Because remember you were telling me about a can of pasta last week had gone. Like, how much has my can of pasta gone up, for instance? Well, and we said last week um, inflation has been flat for the last six or seven years and so I guess that has helped the government and across the economy to keep wages you know pretty flat but some sectors are going up and that would be supply and demand so I think in the IT sector in particular there's a demand and that will push up wages whereas in the public service 
wages are still down. And I have numbers here about the numbers that work in the public service. So in the civil service, the numbers are still down on eight years ago. They're down 3,000. So it was 43,000 back in Q4 2008. And now it's 40,000. And in education, the numbers are they, they're down from 120,000 to 112,000. Are we talking teachers here? Education will be everybody who works in an educational establishment. So it could be a university or it could be a school, but it wouldn't include the, the staff in the Department of Education. But there'd be for more people. Are there not more kids now than there were? There eight are, or and I've been on talking ago. about that, certainly in the primary sector. So yeah. there, there, yeah, there, there are more children, but this is right across. So this would okay. be colleges and sure. uh, schools, and it would include administrative staff. And there was obviously a fair bit of trimming there because the numbers are still down. And the numbers in the health sector, which of course people are always interested in, are down from 140,000, and they're at 125,000 now, 126,000. So numbers in the health sector are still down on what they were eight years ago. But, but and I'm not saying they need to go back there. I'm just giving yeah, but the, they're the down the 10 percent. The, the staff in the health sector is down 10 percent and you know they, it's not this isn't our debate but nevertheless uh, we read in our paper every day there's more and more people uh, lying on a trolley you know and the numbers are down so so again it makes an interesting comparison you could you could say you could say that part of the reason is because we have less people now one of the things in Britain, for instance, if you were working in Liverpool for the civil service and you got promoted to London, they gave you what was called a London waiting allowance. So, as in wait, uh, you so you got extra money because you were going to London because it was recognised it was more expensive. Are, are there regional differences I, here? I, or I, I certainly not in the in public service wages, to the best right. of my knowledge. I possibly with the guards or some of those. You know, I think if you get sent up to Donegal, you might be given. The guards get allowances, but um, across the civil service, there's there's no regional differences at all. Yeah. But I mean, what will drive up wages, of course, will be a shortage, you know, and if people can't get the staff. And there are pinch points coming across the economy now. I know the CSO in particular, we're recruiting statisticians at the moment. So we've a, a, an ad up on our website looking for statisticians. And they're harder and harder to get because everybody's crunching numbers now, not just the CSO. So data analyst is a very popular um, yeah. It's a, a very high demand. And so, um, you know, you, you can get those kind of pinches across. I did the statistics in part one of my accountancy exam. Did you know that? Well, it shows, and George, because it. you're very comfortable with numbers. And passed and, it. But you, you can do mental arithmetic like, like, like an <laughs> yeah, 18-year-old, George. But do you do, you. just interesting now, I'm delving in deep into my past here. But do you remember all these things? There was pie charts and there was all these other we kinds of charts. We still do all that. Do you do all that as well? We do, we do. And I'll be on in a few weeks talking about the census results and we'll have all our pie charts and our bar charts and our stacked line graphs. And uh, All right. Yeah, all and it's, it, it is, it's, it's, one of the most interesting aspects of my job is looking into the data and trying to present it in a graph so that people can take one look at it and go, I get it. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's nice. There's a graph, like as, as uh, rugby coaches always say, it's not about telling the fella, it's showing him. Showing so him. therefore, like, if you can, the visual is, is so much stronger. And the CSO is moving more and more into visual products. So if you go onto our website, we have a section, Visualization Tools. And I was saying last week about how the CPI, you can go on 
on and, and measure the change over a set period. We have our house price indicator. That was a credit to you. Now you want, can I key in my postcode and get back the average price of a house in different areas? They developed that one. So can I find the um, price of my house now? I can. You can, yeah. And then uh, baby's names or um, what name was popular on your birthday. And there's a whole range of visualisation tools. And it is... You know, we do see it as, as part of our remit right. is to bring the numbers alive for people. You but know? The, the single most important thing for ordinary people, in a way we've done in, in these two weeks, last week and this week, people want to know, like, about inflation and how much my basket is, whatever, the, you know, the basket is. Now, you still haven't persuaded me that people are eating sweet potatoes and avocados. I'm like going to have to have some for my lunch. <laughs> like you told me last week. But the only thing that people are interested in is in their wages, naturally. So it, it would be really interesting for people in different sectors to see where they stand in those sectors. Okay. And well, there's some feedback be, for yeah. our guys back in and the office. There's yeah. another interesting one, I think, is you know where all your kids, all our kids now go to the, the, the career guidance teacher and your man looks at them and says, you know, you should be an architect uh, yeah. or whatever. But really interesting for a career guidance teacher to have in front of him uh, these kind of figures about wages and to say, well, this... Inter- now, I know you don't need to be a genius to say that if you go to Google, you might get a few more quid than if you went somewhere else, you know, Murphy's Grocery on the corner. But but nevertheless, this is this is information that is vitally important. Yeah, you're dead right. And it, it's, a, it's a very interesting point. And, you know, like the stuff is available on, on our website, but it's not always as accessible as maybe it could be. And so we're working all the time to improve it. But yeah, I mean, every 17-year-old really, you know, they they should be, I suppose, informing themselves. And, you know, not to say that money is the driving force of all decisions, but it would certainly feed into part of the decision about people's careers. Yeah, well, like, it's interesting about how children make decisions about careers. Now, they, they have to get points now and they have career guidance teachers and everything. But in my day, Right. We just did what we were good at. <laughs> no, no, no. My day was even before your day, right? In my day, when you went up to the university, you joined the shortest queue, right? <laughs> so there's fat. I, this is true. I don't believe I, that. I, I could name the guys. I could name them. Is that why there, the country's such a mess? <laughs> there are fellas today who were doctors who went up and joined the shortest queue because, you see, the other thing that happened to us was that we now went to university, like where you got a half day and a Wednesday, not a half day and a Wednesday. You could take a half day every day if you wanted it. Not just, so this newfound freedom. So the first thing we did was to go to the pictures. So we wanted to get to a small queue to be out of the university quickly to go to the pictures. And what was your small queue? Uh, I couldn't afford to go to university. (laughs) Do you know how much it was? £50 a year. And my mother couldn't afford it. And I went off to England, a young immigrant. That's another story. Why don't we do immigrants? Have you any figures on on immigration? Yeah, I can, I'll cover we should Im- do immigration that. in a few weeks. And you yeah. can say, I have your figure here, George. <laughs> You're in this column. There you have it. Deirdre Collins, Senior Statistician at the Central Statistics Office. Deirdre's been a pains to point out, of course. All this information is available on the CSO website. Uh, Deirdre? As always, thanks for an enlightening few minutes. Thanks, George.